Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Well, as we start off this morning... I want to introduce you to a girl by the name of Mary-Kate Jesperson. Mary-Kate recently turned nine years old, and leading up to her birthday, she decided that she didn't want to receive any presents this year, but instead she wanted to raise money for a ministry, and specifically she wanted to raise money for the Beach Reach ministry. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Beach Reach ministry, uh, Beach Reach is... Uh, affiliated with Texas Baptist or the BGCT, which is actually the state convention that this church is affiliated with. Uh, but they're also affiliated with the Baptist Student Ministry, and so the or the BSM, which which uh, their goal is to go onto college campuses and to share Christ with students. Uh, and so uh, the Beach Reach Ministry then it takes college students every year to South Padre Island to go and to share the gospel with uh, college students that might be vacationing there and and others, families that might be vacationing at South Padre Island, that they might hear the gospel, that they might come to know the Lord. And so Mary Kate Jesperson, she loves the beach. And so she wanted people at the beach to have the opportunity to hear the gospel while they were at the beach, that they might come to know the Lord as their personal Savior. Now, every family is different on on how much they might spend on their child for their birthday. So I can imagine that that typically Mary-Kate may, her parents might spend between 50 and a couple of hundred dollars on her birthday each each year. But this year, as she decided to to give up those gifts and to raise money for this ministry, uh, giving towards her birthday actually multiplied and she was able to raise $860 for the Beach Reach ministry. Now, I realize that $860 is not an astronomical amount of money to us, but to a child, that is a lot of money. Now, here's the deal. Mary-Kate had never done anything like this before. She had never asked for her her presence to be uh, given up so that she could raise money for a ministry. But but something happened in Mary-Kate's life recently that changed her focus. She gave her life to Christ. And following her salvation, she realized, I've already received the greatest gift possible in Jesus. And so for my birthday this year, I don't need more gifts. I want others to have the opportunity to have this same gift that I've already received. I want others to hear about Jesus. So we're in a series right now titled, Who We Are. And as we're going through this series... We're walking through the different facets of our mission statement. We are a community church with a kingdom mission, meaning that, that yes, we are a community of believers, but we are also located in the community of Stockdale. And so like Mary-Kate, our focus is not on ourselves. Rather, we have a desire at this church to look outward, 
to place our focus on others, to place our focus on the community where God has planted us, but also to even look at those surrounding communities and, and to even look out beyond those communities, that, that others might have the opportunity to hear the gospel, that others might have the opportunity to be saved. And listen, we have this desire not because we want to grow the kingdom of First Baptist Church, because bottom line, we are not a kingdom, we are a church. And as a church, we are part of God's kingdom, and so our mission is rooted in God's kingdom. And in his word. So let me pause right here and, and give you this reminder of this overarching truth that I'm reminding you of each week. And, and I'm going to give this to you today and I'm going to give it to you one last time next week as we close out the series. So let this keep, get deep inside of you. As a church, it is Christ who unites us. And it is a mission rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies but in his word and in his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And the kingdom mission that this church body, that this community of believers, that First Baptist Church Stockdale has adopted is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. And so far on Sunday mornings, we've looked at our call to love. We've looked at our call to grow. We've looked at our call to serve. And last week, we began looking at this call to go. And we're going to continue looking at that call to go today. But, but as we think about our mission statement, as, as we think about this call to go, let me bring you back to just that basic faith of this nine-year-old, of, of Mary-Kate. She knew that she had already received the greatest gift possible, and so she wanted for others to hear about this gift. She wanted others to be able to experience the same gift that she had already received so that they could also come to know Jesus as their Lord as well, so that they could experience this gift as well. And the reason why I point this out is because I think that all too often in, in churches today, and, and I'm speaking about churches in general, not specifically this church, but I think all too often in churches today across this country and, and maybe even around the world, all too often we as Christians make it about what more can I get for myself? How can this church serve me? Or maybe we even take it to the extent of how can God serve me? Or what more can God give to me? And so we want and we want and we want and we fail to remember that we have already received the greatest gift possible in Jesus Christ. And so our, our desire shouldn't be to, to seek out what more can the church do for me or what more can God do for me? But our question should be, who can I share this gift with? Who else can I tell about Jesus so that they can have the opportunity, opportunity to experience this gift as well so that they can have this opportunity to come to know Jesus as their Lord? Oh, that we might learn from the faith of a nine-year-old child that we might be emboldened and impassioned to carry out this mission that God has called us to, that we might go, that we might share, that others might be saved. So as we continue our look at our call to go today, we're going to be in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 
Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 4 through 8 today. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And as you're turning there, there are a couple of things that I want to point out. First, I would say that, that the book of Acts is written by the gospel writer Luke. And so the book of Acts begins where the book of Luke's, Luke ends, with the ascension of Jesus. Now, if you remember last week, we were at the end of the book of Matthew. And at the end of the book of Matthew, we looked at the Great Commission. Jesus' call to the disciples to go into all the world, and, and then Jesus ascended to heaven. The book of Luke, however, doesn't end with the Great Commission. The book of Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus. In fact, the book of Luke doesn't, doesn't recount uh, the Great Commission at all. Instead, at the book of Acts, as he picks up just before he talks about the ascension of Jesus, here in the verses that we're going to read, we're going to read uh, a continuation, a sister passage to the book of Matthew, to that passage, to the Great Commission. Now, what Matthew recorded in his gospel about the Great Commission versus what, what Luke records here in the book of Acts, there, there are some differences. And, and the reason for this is because their intent in what they were sharing, Matthew had a different focus than what Luke had. Luke had a different focus than what Matthew had. Matthew's desire was to be concise and to make sure that, that we understood that Jesus called disciples to go. Luke, however, at the beginning of the book of Acts, he is about to begin talking about everything that the Lord accomplished, that God accomplished through the disciples and through the sending of the Holy Spirit. And so what Luke wants to do here at the beginning of the book of Acts is he wants to make sure to highlight what Jesus said here about the sending of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Baptist churches, let's be honest, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit that often, right? I, I think that's changing some, but, but many times throughout the years, I think when I was a kid, I really, I thought it was only the Father and the Son. I don't think I heard much about the Holy Spirit. And, and I think that, that the reason for this is because I think sometimes the Holy Spirit scares us a little bit, right? Now, now we, we love the Father. We love talking about the Father. He created us. He loved us enough to send Jesus into this world to die on the cross for our sins. And so we love talking about the Father, we also love talking about the son. The son humbled himself. He stepped out of heaven, and he did go to that cross. He died for our sins, and then he rose again victoriously, and we're told he's coming back. Man, we, we love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. We love talking about the son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think sometimes we get a little bit scared, and so sometimes we're, we're a little bit hesitant to talk about the Holy Spirit. I don't know that we, we fully understand everything about the Holy Spirit, and so instead we're just, we just kind of pull back and we don't always talk about the Holy Spirit. But let me say this. We don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit because he is God. We don't have to be scared of the Holy Spirit because he is God and, God, and so he is just as gentle, just as loving, and just as powerful as the Father and the Son. He is also just as important and just as active in the life of the believer, especially as it pertains to our salvation. Remember, God is not just the Father. God is not just the Son. He is three in one. He is the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. And so as we think about the Holy Spirit, let me just give you three basic things that the Holy Spirit is doing in the world today. This is not a comprehensive list, but these are three basic things that the Holy Spirit is doing in the world today. He is convicting sinners. He is regenerating new believers, and he is empowering believers to accomplish the mission that we have been called to by the Son. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is convicting sinners. He is regenerating new believers, and he is empowering believers to accomplish the mission that we have been called to by the Son. And we're going to see that at work in our passage this morning. So let's read now. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says, While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, You have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So as we look at this passage, I want to begin by highlighting those words that we read in Verse 4, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. He's already spoken those words that we saw at the end of the book of Matthew, in Matthew 28. And so before he, before he ascends, he says to the disciples, wait, wait. So several years ago when Emily was still in preschool, we had arrived at her preschool just like any other day, parked in the parking lot. Now, we had made this trek from the car to her classroom many times. Emily knew where she was going. And so as I was gathering her stuff out of the car to take into the school, she darted away from me and began running across that often busy parking lot. And so as a concerned parent, I shouted out, wait. She knew where she was going, but she needed to wait so that I could go with her. The disciples had received a mission, and it could have been very easy for them to just dart off on that mission. They knew where they were going. They were to go into all the world. But before they could go, Jesus said, wait. They needed to wait so that the Holy Spirit could go with them. But let me say this about where we find ourselves today. Not only do we live on this side of the cross, not only do we live on this side of the resurrection, but we also live on this side of the sending of the Holy Spirit. And what Scripture teaches all throughout the New Testament is that when we give our lives to Christ, it is at that time, at the time of our salvation, that we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives. Ephesians 1.13 says it this way, In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. And we see that word promised with, with the Holy Spirit. Promised Holy Spirit. We see that in, in Ephesians right there, just like we see in Jesus' words here in Acts chapter 1. So when we believe, when we come to salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. That is a promise 
for us. And so while the disciples had every reason to wait, because they had not yet received the Holy Spirit, they had every reason to wait to go, every reason to wait to fulfill this great commission, because they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. As believers, we have already received the Holy Spirit. And so for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to begin intentionally sharing the gospel with others. It's time for us to go to fulfill the great commission that we have been called to. The disciples had not yet received the Holy Spirit, but we have received the Holy Spirit into our lives. Now, if, if you have not yet given your lives to Christ, then to you I would say, yes, you need to wait. You do need to wait because before you can begin sharing that Christ is Lord with others, you must first surrender to Christ as Lord for yourself. And so if you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never surrendered to Jesus as Lord, then yes, you need to wait. And my prayer would be is that in your waiting, you would hear the word of truth that Jesus died for you, that he rose again, and that in him there is salvation forgiveness and there is life transformation and that as you hear that word of truth that you would believe and that you would surrender to Jesus as your Lord but for the believer and for this church it's not time for us to wait any longer it's time for us to go it's time for us to fulfill the commission that God has called us to, that Jesus called the disciples to all those years ago, and that Jesus still continues to call us to through his word. And so as we continue to look at our call to go today, and as we look at this passage, there are three things that I want you to walk away with. First, we are called to go until the very end. We are called to go until the very end. What do verses 6 and 7 say again? It says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. We are to go until the very end. As Jesus was talking about the sending of the Holy Spirit, the disciples uh, seem to be confused and, and they seem to think that, that Jesus is beginning to talk about the restoration of the nation of Israel. Now, the restoration of the nation of Israel was something that had been promised to them. This is something that, that was long awaited for them. And so their focus immediately turns to times and periods, times and dates. Is it here? Is it now? Is this the time? But Jesus gives them this simple reminder. Don't become distracted by times and dates. Stay focused on the mission that you have been given. So several years back, I was leading an event for one of our young adult ministries at First Baptist Watauga, and there was a college student that needed a ride. And so I agreed to, to pick him up for that event. Now, I had never been to his house before. I'd never even been in his neighborhood. So, so I had his address, and as I'm driving down his street, I'm focused in on all of the mailboxes with the addresses printed on them. And I'm driving kind of slowly, just focusing on all those addresses, trying to find his house. 
But as I was distracted focusing on all of these mailboxes, what I missed was he was standing right there at the end of his driveway just waiting for me. And so because I was so distracted, I missed what was right there in front of me. Jesus has given them a mission, but the disciples, they've become distracted by times and dates, and they're missing this mission that is right there in front of them. Go, make, baptize, and teach. But you know, honestly, I think many times we, we become like those disciples, and, and we become distracted by times and dates as well, because like the disciples, we have been given a promise as well. One day, Jesus is going to return. One day, all of the toils in this world, all of our trouble in this world will be over, and Jesus is going to come riding on the clouds victorious, and all of it's going to be over. And so many times it's very easy for us to just begin looking for the signs and to begin asking those questions, is it here, is it now, is this the time? But I think it's very easy for us to become distracted by times and dates and miss the mission that's right here in front of us. Go, make, baptize, teach. You see, when it comes to Christ's return, we're not on the planning committee. We are on the welcoming committee, right? We are not on the planning committee. We are on the welcoming committee. It's not... It's not for us to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Our job isn't to know. Our job is to go. When it comes to the Great Commission, our job isn't to know when Christ is going to return. Our job is to go. And so as we think about times and dates, right, I think it's very clear that every day we're getting closer, right? Just by default, we are getting closer every day to the Lord's return. And as we look at stuff going on in the world, certainly it seems that we are getting closer every day. But I cannot tell you when Jesus is going to return. I can't tell you when it's time for that to happen. But this is what I can tell you. It's still time for us to go. It's still time for us to share. It's still time for us to fulfill this great commission. And it's going to continue to be time until the end of time. It's going to continue to be time until the end of time. I said it this way last week. Our mission as his disciples begins at salvation and it ends when our work is complete and we are standing in his presence. We may not know when that will be, but we do know this. We are called to go until the very end. So we're... We, we are to go until the very end. Second, we are to go empowered. Let's look at verses 5 and, and the beginning of verse 8 again. Verse 5 says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. And we jump down to verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses. We are to go empowered. Now I want to highlight the significance of Jesus using that word baptize there. Because as we think about what he says, uh, as he says, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As we understand this impact, I think that it's going to better help us understand 
uh, the impact of the Holy Spirit in our life, the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in our life when we come to the Lord for salvation. So that word baptize is really a transliterated word, meaning that, that when the, the biblical scholars and when the Greek scholars got together to begin translating scripture into English, there really wasn't a good English word to translate this, this Greek word baptizo. There wasn't really a, a good word to translate it into. So they just turned that word baptizo into an English word, traded the, the O for an E, We've got the word baptized now, right? And so I think just using that word baptized, which really there was no other word for, right? We don't fully understand what that means. But, but as we think about what that word baptizo means in Greek, it gives us a better understanding of, of what Jesus is implying when he uses that word baptize. So the word baptizo, the, the, the way that the disciples would understand it, the, the picture that we could understand today is like filling up a sink with water, right? You're going to do the dishes, you fill up your sink with water, and then when you're, you're going to wash that dish, you don't just sprinkle a little bit of water on it, you don't put a little bit of water, you plunge it into the water, you fully submerge it in the water, you wash it and you bring it up Clean. And so that word baptizo, it has the weight of to plunge, to immerse, or to, to, to fully submerge beneath the water. This is how the, the disciples would have understood Jesus using that word baptizo. All right? And so this is why we as Baptists don't practice sprinkling. Because we believe that as Jesus calls us to be baptized, what he is saying is be fully immersed in the water. So as we think about what Jesus has said now, because Jesus continues to use this word baptize, not just regarding the, the baptism that, that John was doing with water, but now he says you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So as, as we understand this idea of full immersion, what Jesus is saying here when he says you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's telling the disciples you are going to be fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. You're not just going to receive a little bit of the Holy Spirit. You are going to be fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And so let me pause right here and say this. If you are a believer, you have not just received a little bit of the Holy Spirit. Your life has been fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. If you have given your life to Christ, then, then you have not just received a little bit of the Holy Spirit. You have been fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And because you have been fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, then you have been completely empowered to accomplish this mission that Jesus has called us to, to go, to make, to baptize, and to uh, make disciples. And so, understand, we have not been sent out on this mission alone. As Jesus sent us out on this mission, we have not been sent on this mission completely powerless. Rather, because we have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us, and he is with us on mission, and he has empowered us for this mission. The Holy Spirit has been given to us, 
and, and he is with us on this mission, and he has empowered us for this mission. And this is important to understand because I think all too often when it comes to sharing Christ with others, we look to our own strength. And we begin saying things like, well, I don't want to share Christ with others because what if I don't have the right words to say? Or I don't want to share Christ with others because what if they ask me a question and I don't have the right answer for them? So I'm going to say something that may sound harsh and, and understand I, I'm not trying to, this, for this to sound harsh. And I say this very lovingly, and in fact, I say this. This is a reminder for me too. Those are just excuses. Those are just excuses to make ourselves feel better for not doing what God has called us to do. But understand, the Holy Spirit was not given to us so that we could have excuses not to go. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that we would be empowered to go. And if you've given your life to Christ, then you have been fully immersed in his spirit. And you have been fully immersed in his power. And so we are to go until the very end, and we are to go empowered. Finally, this morning, we are to go everywhere. We are to go everywhere. Let's finish off verse 8. It says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We are to go everywhere. Now, in Jesus' commands here, we see this breakdown. As he tells the disciples to go, he, he says, you're going to go locally where you are right now. You're going to go to the surrounding areas, but then you're going to go to the ends of the earth. Basically, he, he's given the simple command, go everywhere. Go everywhere. And so as we continue on this mission as his disciples, but also as we continue on this mission as his church, we have to remember everyone everywhere needs to hear the gospel. Everyone everywhere needs to hear the good news about Jesus that they might have the opportunity to turn from their sins, that they might have the opportunity to be saved, even if they're at the beach. Everyone everywhere needs to hear the gospel. And God has given us a great starting point for where we are to go. And that's where God has placed you right now. Understand, where God has you is where he wants to use you. Where God has you is where God wants to use you. And this can be applied each and every day of our lives simply as we think about the places that we go. As we go to work, as we go into the community, as we go into the surrounding communities, we are to go on mission. Where God has you is where God wants to use you. Now, this doesn't mean that God won't ever call you to a different place. He does that from time to time. But what it does mean is that where God has you right now is where God wants to use you right now. You are to be on mission for God right now where you are each and every day. And so we have to begin intentionally looking at our jobs and our community and these surrounding communities as the, the mission field where God has planted us and as the mission field where God has called us to go. That every day when, when you wake up to go to work, you're not just going to make money. 
you are going to make disciples. And I believe that if we will begin to intentionally look at our jobs, if we will begin to intentionally look at our community and these surrounding communities as the mission field where God has called us to go, where God has called us to, to share the good news, then we will begin living our lives on mission for him each and every day, and we will begin to fulfill our call as individuals, but also as a church to go. And here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, we are committed to this great commission. We are committed to, to continuing to share with everyone everywhere the, the good news of Jesus Christ. We are committed to going because this is who we are. Now, as we get ready to close this morning, let me bring you back to a statement that I said earlier. You, you can't begin sharing that Christ is Lord until you have surrendered to Christ as Lord. And if you've never done that, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond this morning. And if you're here today and you would say, that's you. I've never given my life to Christ. I've never surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord. But today I have heard the word of truth, that Jesus died, that he rose again. And I believe that he did that for me and I am ready to turn from my sins. I am ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Today, if that's you, then I would invite you to respond. I'm gonna be standing right down front. As we sing this song, just step out of your seat and come and join me down here. We can talk, we can pray. And today you can receive the greatest gift ever, Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that step of baptism by immersion. But today I have a better understanding of why we practice baptism by immersion, and I want to take that step. I want to be fully immersed in baptism. And so if you want to, to make your faith public through baptism, then, then we can make that commitment together today. I'd invite you to come. Let's talk, let's pray, and let's make that commitment together. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've given my life to Christ and I have been baptized by immersion. And I know that God's calling me to make this my church home as we have looked at the mission statement together here at First Baptist Church. I know that God's calling me to, to join my life with this church body, to be on mission with this church body. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you and have a great week.